Welcome to the Keeping Kids Safe podcast. My name is Karen Cohn. I am the co-founder of the Zach Foundation for Children's Safety. This is your number one resource for all things related to your child's emotional, physical, and social well-being. Now I'd like to introduce my co-host and my friend, the executive director of the Zach Foundation for Children's Safety, Megan Ferraro. Hi, Megan. Hi, Karen. It's good to be here with you today. Hi, Megan. How are you? Good. I'm so excited to welcome to our podcast, um, Chairman Alexander Hohen-Sarek, who is the chairman of the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission. He was nominated by President Joe Biden on July 13th of 2021 and was confirmed by the U.S. Senate on October 7th of 2021. Prior to joining the commission, uh, the chairman was chief counsel for communications and consumer product with the U.S. House of Representatives, and he served as the chief legal advisor to Chairman Pallone on the Committee on Consumer Product Safety, Auto Safety, Consumer Protection, Privacy, Broadband, and Other Communications Issues. During his tenure, uh, Chairman Hohenzarek was instrumental in oversight of consumer product safety matters and drafting legislation to increase the authority and resources for the CPSC. Alex and his wife, Lauren Mayer, have two children, aged 18 and 15. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me here. It is really such a pleasure and um, a joy to be able to um, participate. So thanks again. Absolutely. Yeah. Could you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and how you got into this line of work? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is really a culmination of um, a dream of mine. So... I've been working uh, for, on Capitol Hill for a number of years, um, as you mentioned most recently on the House Energy and Commerce Committee, focused on oversight of consumer protection issues. Um, and that's a broad range of issues, but specifically looking at product safety issues as well. And you know that really was the most recent. Prior to that, I had worked over at the uh, Senate Commerce Committee, again, on product safety issues. And one of the first things I had done was work on the reauthorization of the CPSC, the Consumer Product Safety Commission's um, organic statute. And at that point in time, it was years ago when we had all sorts of products containing lead coming in from overseas. People were just realizing the risks that you're seeing from some of these imports and drove uh, Congress to act. And I had the 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 honor to be able to work on that and to take that from a concept in some of the lawmakers' heads to signing of a law. And I never forgot the agency and I never forgot the good work that it does. And it is a, a small but mighty agency that, you know, as, as I found back then and still true today, is you know, under-resourced, but does a tremendous job in working with educating consumers about risks out there working to recall products that are unsafe, and in some cases, working to establish standards to make sure that the products that are being produced, especially for children, um, are, are meeting basic safety standards. So, you know, when I got the opportunity to, to uh, serve, I jumped on it and uh, really appreciated President Biden for nominating me, and now I've been there for about six months. So uh, here I am today. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. And you're such a, a strong advocate for consumer protection. And so we just wanted to find out from you sort of, you know, it's early on for you. Uh, what are some things that you have been working on? 
You know, we've been working on a lot of different issues. I mean, I think among other ones is uh, obviously consumer products with respect to some of our most vulnerable populations, and children are vulnerable. They're inherent risk takers, and sometimes they take the risks that they shouldn't. And, you know, we as parents are, you know, can be part of that um, and keeping them safe. But really, when they're dealing with a lot of products, it's making sure that those products are safe as well. And that comes to everything ranging from where they sleep is safe to you know, the toys that they're, they're using um, to, you know, everyday life when, uh, when it comes to things like pool safety and pre- uh, drowning for prevention. Those are all things that the agency is seeing, and we're a data-driven agency. And, you know, for example, um, drowning is one of the largest um, killers of small kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, one in four. That's given the, the, the importance of that, the agency focuses on it a lot. And, you know, that has been my, you know, it, I follow the data, but also when you have the situations like that with vulnerable populations, I want to make sure that we're there providing the information and doing what we can to make, uh, make it a little bit better in the world. That's sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead. <laughs> well, I just was going to say that I'm sure some of our listeners are wondering, we're hearing you talk about consumer products and we're hearing, you know, us talk about drowning prevention. Can you tell our listeners how consumer products and drowning prevention efforts intersect? How did that come to be a part of the CPSC's responsibilities? Well, I think among the other things, as I said, we look to the data. We look to see how um, people and children are being harmed. And, uh, and drowning is one of the, the ways that, you know, highest killers of, of small children. Um, so when we look at that, we looked to see what can we do to make things better. And some of it is product safety. So in the last year, we have looked at specific products that um, you know, anything ranging from there's a product where the, the self-closing hinge on a gate around a pool wasn't closing, making sure that in cases like that, there's a recall. We let the, uh, parents know, we let uh, people know so that they can make sure that those gates really do close by themselves. To you know, there is a uh, ladder on an outdoor pool that was, you know, that could come off. Again, going after it from a product perspective, but we also have a, a educational perspective. Um, we want to let people know sort of basic pool safety and spa safety uh, tips. Each year, you know, there are many people who become new parents, and there are people who become new grandparents, and, you know, it's a continuing educational issue. And beyond that, we also, uh, you know, have under the Virginia Graham Baker Act a role in doing grants. So with respect to states and localities, we provide money for um, both enforcement and educational efforts. And we just, last week, announced our next round of grants. It's $2 million. And so to the extent that there are eligible states and localities out there, uh, the grants are open until uh, June 20th, and we would encourage people to to uh, submit their applications. Where can they do that? They can do that on either poolsafely.gov, where they can get other uh, information, educational information as well, or on uh, grants.gov. Now, you were talking about recalls. Um, how do people become aware of of recalls or, or if they have an issue with a consumer 
uh, product, how do they notify the CPSC? So if you have a problem with the product and you think that you know we should know about it, go to saferproducts.gov. And um, that's where you can find out about products themselves, search for them. You can also um, learn about other recalls, cpsc.gov as well. Uh, you can either submit from you know, email. We have a toll-free number. Um, either way, you can just uh, go provide us information. We take that information, and then we may follow up with you. We may re- uh, research it, and if there's an uh, unreasonably dangerous product, we'll work with a company to get the product recalled. And you can also sign up to receive notifications ar- about recalls, right? Absolutely. Go to cpsc.gov. You can sign up for our recalls. It's a great way to just keep up to date about what's going on. I do. As a parent of young kids, every time I get one of your emails, I read it very thoroughly and I make sure that I don't have any of those products in my house. And in the case where um, I did, right, I had a rock and play sleeper, which was, I think, recalled in 2018 and I used it in 2017 for my my baby at that time. Um, and so I know as a parent and as an advocate about this amazing resource, so it's so important for us to let all of our listeners know that you can get this information. And I think you're now on Instagram as well. Is that right? We are, yes. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And really, we rely upon uh, parents and, and your listeners to be able to you know, track the market, look for the next danger that's out there, so I really would encourage all your listeners both to go on our website to, to see what we have to offer, uh, but also to be proactive. You know, let us know when you see something that's going on that, that, that you think is wrong. Let us know about dangerous products that you have, um, because if we don't know about it, then it's hard for us to go after it. So the more that we hear, the better that we can do. And to be able to share with other parents as well, because you know, you know, when you tell us and we take action, then other people are learning about potential um, dangers as well. And so, also, the Consumer Product Safety Commission is also you're working on over fifteen thousand product categories, right? Yes, that's <laughs> tremendous. That's amount. a lot. <laughs> and I know you said that it's small, so it must be challenging. Yeah, absolutely. It is tremendously challenging. So 15,000 product categories, but each category has lots of different products in there. And what we're seeing now, you know, we're we're moving to an e-commerce world, which makes it even more complicated. Mm -hmm. So it used to be that you go down to, you know, the mall, you buy something. If there's a problem, we could go to the company in the mall and say, like, you know, we've got a a recall product. They'll put up signs and, and you'd see it. Or uh, and they take it off the shelves. Now these days, with all the e-commerce platforms, so much more is being bought directly from. Not just people to understand they're not buying it just from the platform. They're buying it from maybe an overseas manufacturer who doesn't really have a relationship with the platform at all. And so, quality could be questionable. Um, the ability for us to be able to track the imports coming in is really hard these days because it's not necessarily coming in these big shipments altogether. It could be coming in, you know, in small individual, um, you know, shipments directly to people's homes. So it's a challenging world out there right now, uh, but we're working on it. And again, you know, to the extent that you see a problem, let us know, please. 
So for those listeners of ours that are in the drowning prevention space, um, can you talk a little bit about those Virginia Graham Baker Pool and Spa Safety Acts? How does a community or a state know if they're eligible for that? So I think when if you go on to you know, poolsafely.gov or you go on to the, um, to the grant.gov, we have all the criteria that's laid out there. Um, it is, I will say, not the simplest thing because you're dealing with the federal government. Sure. But you, you do have, you know, we have $2 million available, of which the grants are going to range from anywhere from 50000 up to $400,000, depending on how many we get. And uh, they're eligible to be used for enforcement of pool safety, mm-hmm. as well as educational efforts. And I know that some of the, the states and localities have used that to coordinate with nonprofit groups, be able to get some of the educational um, information out there. So, you know, again, I think it's important for the, the for you, everybody here. If you think that this that your locality may be um, you know, needing that kind of money, encourage them to go take a look. Um, we are in the process of trying to streamline and make it. Uh, a more efficient way of doing things, but, you know, unfortunately we're the federal government, so we don't always, <laughs> we have to follow lots of rules, and um, and so it's, uh, we'll make it as easy as possible. There are, And there are lots of other resources that the Pool Safely campaign has available, right? Absolutely. Um, and it's a year-long campaign. Obviously, as we get to the summertime, we sort of amp things up mm-hmm. to make sure that people are aware poolsafely.gov has a lot of materials, both that uh, is available on the website, but also is available to be sent so that you can distribute it further. So we work with a lot of our collaborators, um, and uh, or, which are local organizations um, who are focused on drowning prevention to be able to get this information out there. Uh, you can follow us on, as you said, uh, you know, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at, um, at poolsafely. And that will give you information about both our campaign schedules, what we're doing. Um, And if you're interested in disseminating that information further, you know, go on, become a collaborator. We welcome everybody. Yes, I think we've seen some of your really cool like tattoos and just great giveaways that you have to engage kids in new ways to talk about Pool Safely, whether it's through those um, stickers and tattoos or if it's through the Pool Safely pledge and finding a way to get both kids and adults thinking about drowning prevention in a new way. Yeah, it's absolutely true. And, you know, my kids are a little older at this point in time, but, you know, it's something that everybody um, needs to think about whether or not you're going at the pool and you see somebody else's kids, you know, it's all of our responsibilities to be able to, uh, to help out and, you know, sharing that education, sharing it with my parents um, was, you know, eye-opening for them. And, uh, but sometimes you see it the other way around. You have grandparents who are going back and telling their kids, like, you really should think about this and make sure, you know, getting, whether it's swim lessons or whether it's, you know, putting barriers around your pools, those are all, you know, good ideas and everybody can be part of it. And of course, when you're a grandparent, you want your grandchildren to be safe when they're visiting your home. And so um, it's good to, it's good for all the generations to be educated. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and sadly, a lot of the the drowning deaths we see these days are really on residential pools as well. So, um, 
you know, I think from the Virginia Graham Baker Act, there's been a lot of good done with respect to the, the when it comes to drains, drain barriers, things along those lines. But it's also, you know, making sure that it's broader than just your public pool. It's making sure that, you know, when you go to private residences, you know, people are thinking about this as well. Well, it's great because it began a national conversation around drowning prevention and water safety that didn't exist before. Absolutely. You know, from that level. Yeah. Yeah. That is that is absolutely true. It has caused people to focus on the issue and to, um, to make it nationwide as well as in your local community. Yeah. So while it does regulate public pools, we say only, not only, it's still... Um, is, you know, reaching into states and localities to also implement those safety requirements around pool construction. That's right. right. And part of the law also is, you know, driving us on the, on the educational side as well. So there's the, the mandates to, to change and make the pool safe, the public pool safe and spas, uh, as you said, driving the standards that are out there uh, and to make sure that people are thinking about this going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are so many topics I would love to talk to you about. So before we let you go, is there anything, um, anything current or pressing that you want to share with our listeners, whether it be about drowning prevention and water safety or other topics that you're working on? Yeah, I think we're working on a lot of different topics. Um, everything ranging from, as I said, you know, we carry suffocation is a major problem uh, and a major killer of children under one. Um, so we're very focused on uh, safe sleep, making sure that people, when they're putting ch- their child to sleep, do so uh, in a safe environment on their back. So it's, you know, crib, bassinet, bearer's best is in no pillows, blankets. Um, it goes against what uh, you may feel like you want to do for yourself, but really it is what's safest for the baby, and the baby doesn't mind. So... Uh, making sure that you're putting your child to sleep in safe environments is extremely important. Um, also, and we've been working on furniture tip-overs as well, uh, making sure that you know from a from a regulatory standpoint, we've been we have an ongoing uh, rulemaking, sort of setting standards for furniture so that it doesn't tip over, but also just making sure that. Um, for the furniture you have in your house, for the televisions that you have in your house, make sure that that is safe as well so that it is either tethered or anchored to the wall. Um, don't put anything that's sort of an attractive on top of, uh, you know, dressers. Put the heavy things at the bottom of your dressers and shelves. You don't want to, you know, set up a – kids are fast. Kids are, you know, adventurous. They'll climb on things, and you don't want to give them an extra reason to climb on top of a dresser or reach the top of a television. So we've seen far too many um, injuries and deaths each year as a result of tip-overs. And so making people aware of that's important. And then I would go back to what I said before, which is help us do our job as well as we can and help your neighbors too by reporting hazardous products you're seeing. If you have any doubt, let us know, let us investigate, and we can figure out whether or not there's a problem. But getting that information into us, you know, going into saferproducts.gov, um, signing up for recalls on cpsc.gov, 
you know, spreading the word uh, both about you know, if you see something you like, send the link to somebody. Um, if you see a problem, let us know. And that way we can help you and you can help your neighbors. That's great advice. Well, um, we like to end every podcast by asking our guests um, if they have any interesting hobbies. Um, I'll give the example of my pediatrician. Um, we learned when he was on plays the accordion. So um, do you have any yoga running, playing the accordion? <laughs> I can't say that I play the accordion. <laughs> my, my daughter does play the tuba oh. and my, I would like to play the guitar better. Okay. Um, mostly, you know, my hobbies are boring. I do a lot of reading and you know, you know, audiobooks is actually what I've been doing a lot for, for the traveling that I've been doing, um, as well as playing tennis. Um, but most interesting, yeah, I'd have to say that my kids actually have the more interesting hobbies than I do. So listening to the tuba is my my new passion. Oh, wonderful! <laughs> Good for you. My son plays a horn instrument, and um, it's not quite my favorite hobby just yet. <laughs> <laughs> Well, she's gotten into um, jazz improvisation, oh, so cool. that, that was a stretch for her, which um, which has turned into a real passion. So that's exciting to see. That's awesome. Well, thank you for being on with us today. Um, please follow the CPSC on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Sign up for recalls and reach out to the CPSC if you have any issues with consumer products in your home. Thank you, Chairman, for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thanks for your time. My pleasure. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you would, please um rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast and share with your friends and family. We would be so grateful. And with that, have a great week and we'll talk with you soon.